0: principles on how to live in the abundance of God, what that means, how God provides to us uh, through His promises, and how we can be led by the Holy Spirit to, to receive a promise and to meet its conditions and to see it outworked in our lives. But tonight I'm going to take a slightly different tack, um, because there's something else that can affect us living in the abundance of God, and it's an invisible thing, it's not always apparent uh, to, to the eye. And if we don't uh, understand this, we can live in real frustration and always be trying to fulfill these things and never actually um, receive the abundance that we're looking for in the Lord. And so tonight's title, although I've said it's how to live in God's abundance, part five, it's actually about removing curses and receiving God's blessing. That's what we're going to look at tonight. So something that struck me uh, as I was reading scripture this week was Second um, uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. And it reads like this. It says, in view of all this. In view of what? In view of the total provision that God has given uh, to his people. It says, in view of all this, make every effort. So it's like... God's done all this for you. Now you make every effort. Now you've got something to do. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with goodness. Goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, with godliness, with brotherly kindness, with love. All these things, God says we need to supplement our faith. We need to add these things to what God does in our lives initially. And that really jumped out at me. And it says that we need to make every effort. So this is something that we need to really take very seriously. And so often I think we make a decision of faith to believe uh, in what Jesus has done uh, as our Lord and Savior. And we think, well, that's where it ends. I made the most important decision of my life. Praise God, I passed the test. I've done the one key thing that really matters in life. Now I kind of just freewheel in life. And when I get to the end, it'll all be good. I'll go to heaven and praise God amen. glory, hallelujah. That's sometimes how we think and uh but i've actually and I've actually had to fight against this type of thinking in my own life, but this thing is saying that faith is the beginning, and then when you have faith, then add to it and then add to that and add to that and add to that and add to that so there's there's a thing of, hey, actually, I've got something to do here. I've got to take this seriously, this journey. Yes, faith is like the, it's like the doorway that we enter into this most amazing house, this huge mansion. But I think many Christians live in the door, and we're just like, oh, wow, this doorway is so amazing, and look at the, Look at the beams, and look at the handle on the door, look at the window, and you know, look at the craftsmanship of the door and we just sit there instead of exploring the rest of the house and, and adding to our faith knowledge and goodness and self-control and endurance and brotherly love and, and, and love, you know. Um, and so it says that once we've come to faith, we're to add goodness or virtue And then to that we're to add knowledge. Knowledge of what? Well, knowledge of God. Knowledge of His ways. Knowledge of God's will. See, when you first come to faith, you don't know any of that stuff. You don't really know God. Amen? I don't know, maybe you did, but I certainly hardly knew God at all. I hardly knew what He wanted me to do. I just knew I was saved. (laughs) And now... As I've walked down the journey, I've got to know God more and more. And still, I know just a fraction of the Lord, but I do know something of God, you know. Knowledge of who God is. Eternal life, the Bible says, is knowing God. Eternal life is not living forever. Everyone's going to live forever. Did you know that? There are people that are either going to be in eternity separated from God, living forever, or with God, living forever. Living forever is not eternal life. Knowing God is eternal life. And so this is why God has given us his word. Otherwise, what's the point? God gives us his word so that we can know him, so we can know his word. And then on top of that, he gives us the author, the Holy Spirit, to lead us into all truth. So that he can help us to understand what his will is, how he is, who he is, all these things. He's given us the perfect helper. And so the Holy Spirit leads us into all the provision that God has given and helps us to meet the conditions and receive the fulfillment of the promises in our lives. <clears throat> and that's, that's what I love about the Bible. It reveals things to us that we otherwise wouldn't know. We'd have no idea about all this wonderful provision that God has made. How would we know? Without the Bible, how would we know about the Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives if it wasn't for the Bible? eh? God's word has revealed it to us. But something else that the Bible reveals is how God works in our lives on a spiritual level. And so the Bible pulls back the curtain of the physical realm, and it shows us what's going on in the spiritual realm. Something that we would have no idea about if it wasn't for the Bible. And one of these areas is the topic of blessings and curses. It's actually a major theme in the Bible. You'll see it over and over again. There are over 400 references to blessings and over 200 references to curses in the Bible. That's, that's a lot of scripture. <laughs> 600 in total. Blessings and curses are used to transmit supernatural power into our lives either for good or for evil. They're like vehicles of supernatural power. And we can't physically see them. So I can't, Joe can't come up to me and I look at him and I say, Ah, oh, I can see there's a curse on your life or I can see there's a blessing on your life. But we see the effects. Joe can explain to me what's going on in his life and I can say, oh, you're blessed or sounds like you're cursed. <laughs> sounds like everything's going wrong. Or sounds like, Gee, for some reason, you seem very blessed. You you might have observed this happening to someone that you know. You can you can observe two people, same age, same intellectual ability, same amount of resources, but one is blessed and one is cursed. And so both these people might apply for jobs in the same category. They might be dis- qualified exactly the same. They might both be just as deserving to get the job. But the one who's blessed gets the job and the one who's cursed doesn't get the job. And not only that, the one who's cursed never gets that job. It's over and over and over and over and over. They just can't get ahead in life. Whereas the person who's blessed somehow just seems to like a cat that drops, lands on its feet every time. <laughs> no matter which way you turn the cat, it always lands on its feet. That's, that's how it is with someone who's blessed. And I, I remember chatting to someone a while ago, quite a long time ago, a young person. And they were just saying to me, they, they don't know why, but it just seems like everything they try and do, it's like the hand of favor, God's favor is upon them. And I had a flash of revelation as I was speaking to this person and I said, you're living in your father's blessing. It just came out of my mouth, like boom. And I was like, actually, that's right. And I knew his dad, and his dad is a God-fearing man who's serving the Lord, he fears the Lord, he's, he's, you know, he's given his whole life to serve God, and he has his son living in the blessing that is poured down through his father that's impacting his kids, and, his, and it'll impact his grandkids as well. That's the blessing of God. And the reverse of it is a curse That the same thing can happen. Someone can go, well, what's going on in my life? Just all the time. It's just something goes wrong, goes wrong, goes wrong, goes wrong. I don't know why. Could very well be that there's a curse operating. And don't get freaked out about it because what I want to do tonight is help us to see uh, whether we're actually living in the blessing of God or whether we've got a problem like a curse operating. Then in the next message, we're going to look at how to deal with it. This is a huge, huge, huge topic <laughs> that I could probably preach 10 messages on, but we just don't have the time for that. But all I want for you to see tonight is, hey, hang on a minute, I actually think there could be a curse operating in my life. And don't get freaked out about it, because they a very, very simple way to deal with them all. And as believers, we have every... we have. The resources from heaven to deal with anything like this so there's always good news so don't get freaked out but what I want you to take away from tonight is hey hang on a minute like that's me that I know that that's me and so when you come back next week we can deal with it we can break it and we can set you free because we're talking about living in the abundance of God and you cannot live in God's abundance when you have a curse operating in your life it's like You can have a bucket that is constantly getting filled with water. The blessing of God can be pouring out, but if you've got a hole in the bottom of the bucket, you're never going to ever enjoy any of that blessing. It's all just going to pour out. (laughs) And as much as God pours in that blessing, it just all leaks out of the bottom, and you've always got an empty bucket. (laughs) That's what a curse will do in our lives. The amazing thing... Is that the medical world have a term for this phenomenon? It's called hereditary, OK? And hereditary is, when, uh, is explained when something is genetic. So, hey, my, my dad had blue eyes, my mom had blue eyes, and that's what I've got blue eyes. I've inherited blue eyes from my parents, or from my grandparents or their, you know parents before that. And some things are genetic. There is a genetic inheritance in certain uh, things in life. But then there's some things that we inherit that aren't genetic. You might find in your family tree, there's a history of people being accident prone. And it's like, I knew this one guy at school, he just he broke every, nearly every bone in his body. Every time there was something that went wrong, he was in the accident. He came to my house one day, And he had a bad, bad accident. (laughs) He came down the hill, he turned the corner and just the handlebars turned and the wheels stayed straight. (laughs) And so he did this kind of lean and then he hit the curb and landed okay and then the bike landed on him. And it was just over and over and over. Every single month he'd come with his arm in a cast. and, And I remember thinking back then, I mean I wasn't even a Christian, this guy's accident prone and that's not normal. There's something going on. And when you see a history of this in your family line, you must know, hey, that's not normal. It's not genetic. (laughs) There's something more. There's something behind the physical curtain that's going on here. When you study the Bible, you'll actually see that there is something going on behind the visible layer of our lives and that the Bible reveals forces that are at work In our lives, and it gives us an understanding of some of these things that would otherwise be extremely confusing to us. This topic is part of the knowledge that we need to add to our faith. It's part of knowing God's ways and knowing his will. See, when it comes to the topic of blessings and curses, there's really not a lot that's taught on the subject. That's why it's it's hard for me because I want to branch off and do a whole (laughs) 10-week series on this topic because you hardly ever hear about it. We hardly hear about it in the Western world. When you go into Cambodia or you go into Asia or places like that, oh, everybody believes in this stuff. Everybody believes, oh yeah, curses, they're all real. Come to the Western world, ah, no, that stuff's mumbo-jumbo. It's all, you know, that happens in Africa. It doesn't happen here. I remember, I remember once um, at, when I used to, back in South Africa, where I worked in computer networking. One of the guys at my work, he rocked up, and he had um, on his arm, he had three dots, so one-year, one-year, one-year. I said, what do, you, what do you got dots on your arm for? It looked like someone had injected ash into his arm. And uh, he said, oh, what happened is he likes this one girl at his home village. But another guy likes her as well. This other guy went to a witch doctor and the witch doctor put a curse on him because he likes the same girl as this other guy. So now he had to go to the witch doctor and he had to get this thing for protection from the curse. <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, "Yes, this guy he's an adult, he works in computer networking, he's an intelligent man, and yet he fully believes in that he's got to get protection from a curse. But then when we come to Australia, we think, oh, this stuff doesn't work here. We're all educated here. We're all civilized here. That stuff only happens in the jungle. I want to tell you it doesn't. It happens here. (laughs) And because of this, Kind of thinking. Many Christians even are enduring curses instead of enjoying blessings. I'll say that again. God's will is that Christians enjoy blessings. It's not His will that we endure cursing. And yet, so many people I meet are just struggling under a curse. And they're just pushing through, pushing through, I'm being faithful, I'm serving God. When all that needs to happen is recognize it and break it. And then receive the blessing of God. It's important for us to look at this topic, particularly in the light of living in abundance. We've got to see this. And if if there is a curse in operation in our life, we need to deal with it, we need to break it, and then we need to receive the blessing of God. It's the only way we will live in the abundance of God. And the other thing I want to say is that sometimes there's a real stigma attached to these things. But often I've found is that um, people that are living under a curse, it's it's not even because of something they've done. It's something they've inherited. That as a Christian, they've just got to know, actually, we've got the authority to break this thing so it doesn't keep going down the generations. It doesn't affect our kids and our grandkids and all that kind of thing. We have the ability in Jesus to break this thing and end it so it doesn't have to continue, which is wonderful. So tonight I want to show you from the Bible how to recognize the blessing of God and how to recognize a curse. And then the next time we'll deal with how to be released. So firstly, let's look at the covenant blessing. So if you have your Bible, just turn to Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1. In fact, I'd really encourage you that during the week, read Deuteronomy 28. Read the entire chapter and also read Deuteronomy 27. And just ask the Lord to show you. Ask Him to actually give you insight and say, is any of this stuff going on in my life? Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 onwards. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God... And carefully keep all his commands that i'm giving you today the lord your god will set you high above all the nations of the world you will experience all these blessings if you obey the lord your god in other versions it says if you will carefully listen to god's voice in the greek it says if you will listen listening so it's like a double word there it means if you really pay attention so what God is saying and live according to that, the blessings of God are going to overflow in your life. Listening to and obeying God's voice is a requirement from God for all people at all times. We cannot say, oh, this is old covenant, this doesn't apply. Listening to God and obeying him is a requirement from Adam all the way through to the book of Revelation where it all ends. It's, a, it's something God requires of every single person. In fact, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commands. He said, my sheep know my voice and they listen to my voice. That's in the new covenant. And so nothing has changed. God is saying, if you listen to me and you obey me, it's not just like, oh, it's it's one, I'm happy that you're doing that. No, God says, I'm going to bless you for doing that. Isn't that wonderful? It's not like God's sitting there saying, oh, you better listen to me. You better do what I say. Well done for doing it. No, no. He's like, if you listen to me, you're going to be blessed. And the blessings are going to overtake you in your life. You're not going to have to go looking for them. They'll come flooding over your life like a tsunami. In Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 21, God says this, Jeremiah 7, verse 21. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Take your burnt offerings and your other sacrifices and eat them yourselves. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices I wanted from them. This is what I told them. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything as I say and you will be well. But my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backwards instead of forwards. Once again, God is saying, I'm not interested in all your religious rubbish, all your sacrifices. In what I really want is for you to listen to me and do what I say. And if you do that, there's going to be blessing in your life. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice and my sheep obey my voice. <laughs> So nothing's changed. God wants us to hear his voice and obey what he says. And when we do obey, there are some incredible blessings. So let's look at these blessings from Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm just going to kind of highlight a couple of them um, from the different scriptures. So Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, you will be set high above and never below. Wow. Verse 2, the blessings will overtake you. You won't have to go striving for these things. The blessings will just overtake you in your life. Verse 3, you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Wherever you go, you see the blessing of God is not dependent on where you live. You can't think, oh, well, I live in this real small town and the economy's bad and never going to make any money. There's no jobs in this town. This is doesn't matter where you live. You can live in the biggest city in the world. You can live in the most tiniest town. In the country and be blessed. Because it's supernatural. It's from God. Verse 4. Fruitfulness. In every area of your life. Fruitfulness. Verse 5. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. Verse 6. When you come in, when you go out, every part of your daily walk will be blessed. Verse 7. Victory over your enemies. Verse 8. Your barns will be blessed. And all you put your hand to, every single thing you put your hand to will be blessed by God. Verse 9, holiness. It's a blessing that flows. It's holiness. Verse 10 says, you'll be feared by all other peoples. They will stand in awe. And, And the thing that that speaks to me is that the blessing of God will be clear for other people to see. Other people will look at you and go, that guy's blessed. They'll see it. It's not like, They'll have to think, you won't won't have to tell people, they will see the blessing of God on your life. Verse 11, and this is really important to this topic, it says you will prosper abundantly. That's a blessing from God. We must receive that blessing in order to live in the abundance of God. Verse 12, the weather, the climate will be blessed. If you're farming or whatever you get the season you get the rain in season out of season rains not a blessing if you're farming you want rain in season you want to know i planted my crops now it's going to rain not the day before i planted there suddenly the rain and now it's just mud and it's chaos rain in season financial abundance it says you won't have to borrow but you will lend Living with increasing amounts of debt is not what God wants for his people. And yet many Christians pile up huge amounts of debt. It's not a blessing. I'm not saying don't have any debt. I have debt. I own a home that I'm paying off. But to to, to keep increasing debt and going more and more and more and more and more into debt is not a blessing from God. God's blessing on his people will cause them to be the lenders verse 13 the head and not the tail you will be the head and not the tail what does that mean well the head makes decisions the tail is just dragged around so when you make a decision and you go this is what i believe god wants me to do and that's what i'm going to do and you do it the tail is like well i wanted to do this but i just got dragged in the opposite direction that's being a tail It's not saying I'm independent of God and I do my own thing. It means that when you make a decision to do something for God, you can do it. That's being the head and that's a blessing. It says you'll be above and not beneath. And there's this joke that uh, two Christians met each other and the one guy said to the other, How are you doing? He said, Well, under the circumstances, I'm not doing too bad. So the guy said, Well, what are you doing under the circumstances? We should be above. And not beneath. (laughs) All these blessings are ours. It just says if you will listen carefully and obey, you will have these blessings and they will overtake you in all areas of your life. You see, God loves us and he wants the best for us. Isn't that amazing, eh? And if we'll just take some time to listen to his voice, develop a close relationship with him, and do what he says, we'll find ourselves being overtaken by these supernatural blessings. And uh, it's invisible until you see the results. And you go, "Wow, goodness, look at this. Look at what's going on. It's just overtaking me. It's not like I'm striving. I'm just pressing in on the Lord, hearing his voice, doing what he says. And Jesus says this to all Christians. This is what he wants. He says, follow me. Our lives are about hearing the shepherd's voice and following as his sheep. So let me just sum up these blessings into seven kind of categories. Exaltation, it's a blessing from God, he's going to lift you up. Health, fruitfulness, prosperity, victory, and favor. Those are the blessings, those are the broad categories. Okay, now we're going to look at the other side of the coin, right? <laughs> And that's the topic of curses. So Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 15 onwards and goes all the way to verse uh, 68, I think. So we're not going to read all of it. There's a heap of them here. But you go and read it in your own time and you just say, God, is this me? Are there things like this happening in my life? Because if there are, let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you so that we can deal with it. So that we can cut these things off have them dealt with and then you can just receive the blessing and have no hole in your bucket right God says this to his people but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and you do not obey all the commands and the decrees I'm giving you today all these curses will come and overwhelm you so it's the negative if you listen to the Lord and you obey him all the blessings flow if you listen to the Lord and you don't obey him the curses come okay okay not all the curses, I need, need to say this, not these curses here that are listed in the Bible, they're sources from God, believe it or not. He is saying, if you listen to me, I'm going to bless you, but if you don't, I'm going to curse you. You might go, well, that's not fair. What the heck? What kind of a God does that? Well, it's the same thing when you drive down the highway and you've got that rumble strip on the side. When you hit that thing and your car goes like this, you know if you keep going, you're going to have a smash. You're going to hit the barrier and that's going to be the end of your life. So it's a warning. Stay in the middle. And when you're going through life and suddenly things are going wrong and you're thinking to yourself, why is this constantly going wrong? We should be asking ourselves, hey, hang on, what is going on here? Maybe I'm off track here. And, God, and if I'm not enjoying the blessings of God, why aren't I? Maybe there's something I need to change. And this is a way that God actually keeps us walking in His ways. Because when you look at what happens in the Bible, where God says to people, Okay, do whatever you want. Guess what? we got Noah's Ark all over again. And the world became so evil that he had to destroy the entire lot of them except one family. That's what happens when we are left to ourselves. And so God, in His mercy and in His grace, He says, If you walk in my ways, you're going to receive blessing. You will know that you're on the right path. And that His ways are perfect. But when you disobey and when you start walking off in all other directions, you hit the rumble strips and suddenly it's like, hang on, things are going wrong here. What's going on? Holy Spirit, help me, show me what's going on. Read the Bible, let the Holy Spirit lead you in truth and go, actually, you're under a curse. You need to get back. You need to break that. You need to start obeying God. Or something that happened in your family line needs to be broken. Same thing. (laughs) <laughs> <clears throat> something also that's important for us to realize is that as God's people, we don't need to worry about coming under a, a curse that someone is trying to put on us as a believer, okay in the book of Numbers in chapter 22, the king of Moab he asked Balaam or Balaam to curse Israel. And no matter what he tried to do, he couldn't. Okay, He tried three times and he ended up blessing them three times. And the king got so furious with him. And the reason for this is in Proverbs 26 verse 2. Proverbs 26 2 says this, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting sparrow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. So a curse has to have a cause to land on you. If it doesn't, it can't land on you. So if you are walking in obedience to God, you're a child of God, and some witch or something like that tries to curse you, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. But these curses that God is listening is for when we know God's will and when we disobey God. <laughs> and I, I and I think these these two categories in Deuteronomy are kind of like the root causes. If you read Deuteronomy 27, you'll see some of the... Some of the things that come, the offshoots, there's specific things that will definitely bring a curse in your life. But they're like a subcategory. So the main thing is disobeying God, and then the subcategory is more specific ways of things. You read it in Deuteronomy 27, okay? But then there's other things. And generally you'll find that curses come through words. It's, it's, It's words that are spoken. And so you could have received something from an authority figure in your life. A parent, a teacher, something like that. And often you'll find it happens when you're young. When you're a kid, you've got no defenses. That's why godly parents are so important, because it's our role to protect our kids, because they've got no defenses. So when some, some teacher or whatever says, ah, you're hopeless, you're never going to amount to anything, that poor kid just receives it. And it's a curse over that person's life until it's broken. And they fail, 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 all their life until they find Jesus and get that thing broken in their life, so most times it comes through words, sometimes it can come through objects as well. but we don't have time to get into any of that anyway. So basically, a curse has to have a reason to to affect your life. like a sparrow looking for a branch to land on. if there's no branch, it can't land. That's what happens, okay. In the case of Deuteronomy 28, God says if his people will not listen to his voice and obey his commands, these curses will land on them. From verse 15 all the way to verse 68, God lists these various curses. So let's, let me just, I'm going to break them down into uh, kind of bigger sections. I want you to go and read for yourself in detail of what's going on. Okay. Maybe this week before we get into how to get set free next week. Read Deuteronomy 28. So first of all, there's the category of mental and emotional breakdown. Verse 20, confusion and frustration. I think the word that would sum up being under a curse, the best word to describe it is frustration. See, a, a curse is like a, an invisible dark shadow, like a hand, let's say. And, and you're going on in life, and you're just about to succeed, and it trips you up. And you get up again, and you try and go again. You're just about to succeed, and that trips you up again. And it's frustrating. You don't know what's going on. It's like, God, I'm serving you. I'm having quiet times. I'm reading your word. I'm doing everything you want. I just cannot get ahead. Then you've got to go, what's... You've got to think seriously now. There's a big possibility you could be under a curse. Frustration. Confusion, Verse 28, madness and confusion of the mind. Verse 34, madness again. Verse 65, anxiety, weariness and despair. Now, let me just say this. You might just be having a bad day. <laughs> okay, you're anxious, you've had a very confusing day. It doesn't mean you're under a curse. What we're looking for here is something that is an ongoing thing in your life. And particularly if it's something that's common in your family his, uh, history, in your, what's it, family tree. If you go, man, you know, I've suffered with depression all my life. And my mother suffered with depression. And my granny suffered with depression. And my great granny suffered with depression. You've got to go. There's something going on. It's coming through the family. Uh, it's not normal. Okay. That's what we're looking for. It's when you're constantly confused and you cannot see a way through all the decisions you need to make. Or you have the ongoing feeling that you're slowly going mad. People have that. They feel like they're going insane. When everything you try and attempt to do always goes wrong. That's what we're looking for. Then physical. Physical. It says, verse 21, pestilence clings to you. It's like you can't get rid of it. It clings onto you. Verse 22, consumption, fever, inflammation. Verse 23, boils, tumors, festering sores, itch. Verse 28, blindness. Verse 35, painful boils. Verse 59, extraordinary plagues, miserable and chronic sicknesses. Verse 60, all the diseases of Egypt. Wow. (laughs) Verse 61, every sickness and every plague that aren't written in the book. (laughs) Every kind of sickness. But we're looking for something that's ongoing. Not, oh, I had flu this week, I'm under a curse. No, we're looking for something that is clinging to your life that you can't get rid of. No matter how many times you go to the doctor, you just got the same thing over and over and over, and you just cannot break free of this thing, okay? Then there's a whole lot of categories of relationships that get cursed. Wrong family relationships are all part of the curse, where there's just a breakdown in families over and over and over again. And then the area that we really need to get into his finances and possessions. Verse 29 says that you will grope at noon and not prosper in all your ways. Which means that when it's daytime, you're groping around like you're in the dark. You actually can't see what's going on clearly. You're like a blind person in the middle of the day. And you're not prospering in any of your ways. Verse 47 and verse 48 says you shall serve your enemies. Hunger, thirst, nakedness lack of all things. That speaks to me of absolute poverty. Poverty, I want to say this carefully, poverty is a curse. You You might have to go through a season where you lack financially, because God is testing your faith. That's okay. But you should come out of that into the blessing of God. But poverty is a curse. When Jesus hung on that cross He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was naked, he was in need of everything. He had no friends, no one to help him, nothing. That's a picture of abject poverty. And he did that so we can receive his blessing and his riches. You could be renting a house. You don't have to own a house. You could be renting a house and living in the blessing of God. You don't have to own a house or own ten houses to be blessed. Okay, you can li- you can rent a home and live in God's blessing. Okay, so let's just get the balance right here. But poverty is a curse because poverty is lack. You can have a little money, but you can have enough for your needs. That's abundance. Okay, remember I said in the very first preach, if you need to spend 25, twenty five with twenty dollars and you have twenty five dollars, you've got abundance. You don't need millions. If you only need to buy $20, you only need $20. That's sufficiency. $21 is abundance. Okay? <laughs> you see the difference? Okay. So let me just summarize these, these curses. And they're the exact opposite of the blessings of God. Humiliation. Mental and physical sickness. Family breakdown. Poverty. Defeat. So defeat, if you are constantly getting defeated over and over and over and over, and you're thinking, man, I just can't get victory here. What's going on? There could be an invisible force operating in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to go, hey, that thing there needs to be broken because these things overtake us. So when it's like, oh, I've got this problem in my life, this curse operating, it's defeat and it just overtakes you no matter what. You can come up with the best business plan in the world and boom, it fails at the last minute. And you come up with another one and and you look at the guy down the road and you think, man, he used the same idea that I did and look at him, he's, he's, he's going for it and he's making millions. That was my idea. <laughs> but I tried to do it and I just failed over and over. Well, you've got to go, why, Lord? What's going on here? Maybe there's something I need to break in my life. Defeat, oppression, failure, and God's disfavor. What's the reason for these curses? Not listening to God's voice and not doing what He says. And if we really humble about it, man, we all mess up. I'm not saying every time you sin that you come under a curse, but some of these things, read Deuteronomy 27, there are some things that when you do them, you will definitely come under a curse, instantly. And they are serious things. So go and read them for yourself. The good news for those in Christ is that we have the means to break the power of these curses and receive the blessings from God. And we're going to look at that in the next message. But for now, I know I know you don't want me to end and I know some of you might be thinking man, I want this thing dealt with now. I don't want to go wait a week to come back here to get this thing dealt with. But God will give you grace and He will walk with you. You have the Holy Spirit in you, right? Don't be scared of these things. But go back and make sure and go and pray about it and read. Read the two chapters. Read Deuteronomy 27 and 28. And read it with the view of this. The people of God have entered the promised land, okay? And as they entered, God said, Okay, you six tribes stand on that mountain. You six tribes stand on that mountain. You guys proclaim the blessings for obeying God and you guys proclaim the curses for disobeying. It was as they went into the promised land. And now we as believers are entering into a land of promises and it's the same thing that applies. God wants us to walk in obedience to Him so that we can be the most blessed people on earth. And He's provided for us to deal with all the curses so that we can break the lot of them and live in the blessing of God. Let's stand and we can end.